Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want us just to bow down before God in the chairs, wherever we are seated. I want you to reflect over the events of Easter. Jesus Christ came. He left his throne in heaven. Lived with us. He didn't have to. He walked to Golgotha with the cross. Being whipped on your behalf. What kind of commitment was that? Jesus did not have to suffer. He did not have to pay that penalty. But because he loved you, because he thought of you, he had to be whipped. He had to die on the cross so that you may have life. Reflect over such a great love over your life. Maybe we take it for granted. But it's important for us to take just a few minutes this morning to think about how a man can commit himself for your sake to such an extent. Is indeed amazing. Is indeed so great that we have such a father. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful. Father, we thank you. What a beautiful love, what a great and amazing love thou hast bestowed upon us. We did not have a God, but you made us have a God, to be called sons of the Most High. You ushered us from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may be partakers of every heavenly blessing. This morning we are grateful, Lord. We say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you for the life you have given us. Thank you for the marriages that you've given us. Thank you for the children that you've given us. Thank you for the brethren that we share and fellowship with. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift up our hands and thank God for who he is. Father, we thank you. We love you, Jesus. We exalt your name. You are wonderful in our life this morning. You are great, O oh God. You deserve honor and glory. And to you be glory and honor. Praise. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, all, all of us share this common thing 
that uh, these two events, the Christmas and Easter, are always uh, very, very, very carefully planned events in our lives because we always start the year looking forward to them. And uh, I do imagine that everybody is expecting us to talk so much about the events on the cross. But as I was reflecting over this, I was something sprang into my spirit, and that is the issue of commitment. Commitment. Shall we all say commitment? Commitment. It is not easy for somebody to set out to help you even when you don't know. Very few people will ever sit down and say, I want to help Kenneth. Kenneth who doesn't know them. And if I take you back to my country, many people help you because they know you. And not just knowing you, they have shaken your hand in a good way. But I want to thank God because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Praise the Lord. I wasn't born. I didn't know I would be there. But because of His grace and mercy, because He knew I would be there and I would be helpless, He decided to pay up the dates of my sin on the cross. I count that a high degree of commitment to my salvation. I regard that as a high degree of commitment to my salvation. And I want to say that the greatness of a man is reflected in the price he or she is willing to sacrifice or to pay for a given cause. Over 2,000 years have passed since Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me. And the more the world expands, the more people hear of Jesus Christ. Because he was willing to pay the highest price. And I say that is the highest degree or measure of commitment that he gave to the human race. God decided the very best that he had in heaven, he had to surrender it to the world so that you and I may have life and have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord. I want to share on the subject of commitment. Commitment to God, commitment to family, and commitment to the service of God. So even if I don't mention it directly, remember those are the areas I would like us to reflect the issues that we are going to be sharing about. Any aspect of commitment that we are going to share this morning, I want it to be reflected in those three spheres of our lives. 
our relationship with God, our relationship in the family cycle, and our relationship in the body of Christ. I've got the following components that I believe always will be part of commitment in life. One of them, as we have seen, is the aspect of sacrifice. For every genuine commitment, there has to be the element of sacrifice. It is sacrificial in nature. And being able to pay the ultimate price begins to mark the highest degree of commitment. The second aspect is about selflessness. Commitment is outgoing. It's not what comes in. It's what you give out. What you are ready to surrender to the other people affected. Number three, commitment is priceless. You, you have no cost that you can ever attach to it. It is you to determine. Individuals determine depending on the level they want to rise. And the fourth point is that commitment has got extraordinary rewards. Commitment has got extraordinary rewards. Praise the Lord. I would like us to turn to the book of Ruth. And I would like us just to look at a few, three hallmarks of true commitment based on this book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Verse 8, Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. Praise the Lord. The first thing we see is that this woman Naomi, those of us who read this long time ago and have forgotten, Naomi was the wife to Elimelech. They had two daughters. I mean, they, they had two sons who married two daughters of Moab. And as it was, famine began to hit the land. And in the process, apart from famine, the two sons died. And they left the daughters-in-law with their mother-in-law, because the husband, El-Melech, had also passed away. 
So these are three women who have no husbands. And in that culture at that time, it was so much biased in the sense that a man meant everything to a family. It was not like today. Today, you find people living independently, ladies independent, and some men deciding they want to live independently. And the world does not even ask any question because people are able to manage. But at that time, it was difficult. So I want you to appreciate the fact that these three ladies were facing a very challenging period in their life because of the situation surrounding them. All the men in that home had died. So wisdom prevailed upon Naomi and she decided to think like every normal human being. She said, now, I hear back from where I came, there is food. God has blessed them. So it's time for me to go back. And as she decided, she tried to talk to the daughters-in-law not to follow her and to go back. And she had strong points to present to them. So the three things she told them is that my husband is dead and your husbands are dead. The other one was that I have no child at this moment. And so whether you stay with me, it may not be of any use because there's nothing else I can give to you. But I want us to look at the issue of this one lady, Ruth. As we read further down in that chapter, we realize that the two daughters, Opa and Ruth, initially they had made a commitment to be married. And they were indeed married. They were staying with this mother-in-law. But it came to a time that facts were now being presented to them. The reality of life was being presented to them. And as you understand the Jewish custom, marriage was a serious business. Just at the moment you are engaged, it is already sealed. You remember Joseph and Mary. You cannot part away from your partner. The moment you commit yourself, it was a serious business. So that is how these people treated it. And the two ladies were committed to this marriage. But as we continue to, to read, we realize that Ruth, the commitment that Ruth had made was unique compared to the commitment that Opa had made. Opa had made a commitment based on the circumstances. As long as everything was in place, as long as the husband was in place, the father-in-law was in place, and there was food, Opa was ready to stay for as long as it took. Praise the Lord. So it was informed by the circumstances that were prevailing at that moment. The commitment of Ruth was different. I'm planning to start studying to enroll for a PhD program. I didn't have to tell you this. But it will be a unique area of study. I want to collect as many wedding cards as possible. And as far back as possible. 
and begin to assemble the verses that people quote on those verses. And my study is going to be longitudinal in nature. I want to follow up a marriage, especially those ones who quoted, my people will be your people. I want to see if those two couples are still regarding their people of the other one as her people, and the husband regarding the people of, as his people over the years. Are you getting me? People like quoting very interesting verses on the cards, wedding cards. Behold, things have fallen pleasant lines in my life. And sometimes when you read those verses, you really see people have really done research in, in, the, in the scripture. They have gone for things that really speak volumes to the spirit. Okay? But what I want us to come back here and look at this. When Ruth was committing herself to the people of Naomi, she had actually made that commitment long time ago. That is why when the, the husband died, she did not think about going. When the father-in-law died, she did not think about going. When famine was ravaging the home, she did not think about going. Because she had already made that commitment in her life. Remember, I'm speaking about commitment. And I said, I want this commitment, whatever we share, to be related to our family, to be related to our relationship with God, and to be related to the church. The service that we render to God. Praise the Lord. So Ruth, as we see, subjected her commitment to a test. All of them were subjected to test. But Ruth's commitment stood out as genuine commitment to the relationship. Praise the Lord. I don't know if there is anybody here who has made a genuine relationship, a commitment to be a child of God. No matter what comes, I'll remain with you, Lord. No turning back. I like those songs. No turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The Swahili version is very interesting. Milimani Mabondeni. And in the valley, on the hills, I have decided. Praise the Lord. Come sunshine, come rain, I have decided. This is the decision that Ruth had made. But I will tell you an interesting thing. When I was in the CU, our chairman also sang this song with us. But when it came to the posting, you hear of Al-Shabaab? At that time, Al-Shabaab had not started, but the spirit of Al-Shabaab was already reigning in Kenya. His first posting was there, northeastern province in Kenya. Then when we were Gathering later on, a few months after posting, oh, where is so-and-so, where is so-and-so? Ah, 
He said he could not go because the mother and the father. <laughs> the mother and the father advised that that's a dangerous place, so he looked for another place to go and work. <laughs> when it came to the testing time, the finest time, the commitment was not there. Praise the Lord. Commitment was not there. That is the what is ailing our salvation, our commitment to God now. Much of our commitment is just lip service. We speak what we want people to hear. Because I'm in the gathering of Christians, I want to speak what they will celebrate. But when I go back to my true self, I have not tested my commitment. Is it truly genuine? If you take your car here for ROP, for testing, you've had an accident and they want to test. You pity your good car. Because that machine, and you see some balls falling off. Those that are weak. And that is what our salvation will entail. The commitment that we have to God will have to stand such tests. When the difficult moments come, we must be found to have genuine commitment. First to God and to our spouse. Praise the Lord. First to God and to our spouse and to the church. It must be genuine. If we continue to read further, then Naomi said to her, her two daughters-in-law, go back. She was telling them, go back. There's nothing here for you. Just go and start your life afresh. Everything is bad. This test tells us that we have not laid a good foundation. Can you go back? May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. She's giving them alternatives. Can you look for, for another husband? Can you look for another cause to live for? The salvation you have, been, you have been talking about seems not to be serving you well. There are many difficult moments you are enduring. Can you look for another course? Let us see. In verse 9, a decision is being made now. May, may the Lord grant each of you, each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. At this point, both of them are still claiming they will go back. Verse 11, but Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am going to have, uh, am I going to have any more sons who could become your husband's? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Verse 14. A major decision is being made. Verse 14, if you are dozing, please wake up and listen to this. At this, they wept aloud. Then Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. 
Praise the Lord. That marked a turning point in the lives of those two ladies. Oprah assessed the situation, looked at the facts the mother-in-law had given, and thought about it, and said, You are a very wise old lady, Naomi. I had not had this perspective of these issues. But the wisdom of age has granted you these wise words. She kissed her and said bye-bye. And she went. Nowhere else in the Bible do we hear about Opa again. She sealed her fate in verse 14. Praise the Lord. Nowhere else. Her life ended at that point. When your commitment to God is being tested, it is a moment of decision making. You can seal your fate at that moment, moment by the decision that you make. Or reinvent yourself for a better course in life. Praise the Lord. It matters what you choose. In your marriage life, when the testing moment comes, you are going through furnace. You can determine your destiny by the decision that you are going to make. Let verse 14 be not your portion in your life. Praise the Lord. Look at what Ruth did. But Ruth clung to her. She said, no matter what we are going through, we will stand together. Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter whether I have had answers to my prayers or not. It doesn't matter whether I have got my promotion or not. It does not matter whether I am being dismissed or not. It doesn't matter. I will still hold on to this salvation. When Peter was given that opportunity, he was asked, Do you want also to run away? Peter was wise. Praise the Lord. He said, To whom else shall I go? You have the words of life. He made the right decision at that testing moment. Because he had commitment. He had committed himself to the cause. The second thing that we learn, commitment must be seasoned by faith and not necessarily by the prevailing facts, as we have seen. Verse 11 to 12. We have read it through. Opa decided to look at facts. And so she ruined her commitment. But Ruth clung to the faith she had. And as you go down in the hall of the book of Ruth, you will begin to realize, although she did not have a, an, an image, she did not know what God was planning. But in the end, things turned out to be great for that lady. Praise the Lord. The third thing that we learn from commitment is that we need to learn to reaffirm our commitment from time to time. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 to 17. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you and to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. 
Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. Deal with me. Be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Will God look at you and say this one? No matter what I allow the devil to bring his way, he is not going to leave me. Is it possible? Job won that war. Brother Job. When the devil came to the presence of God and asked, I mean, he was, you know, the, the, the language of the devil is also very funny. That's why sometimes, as a child of God, when, how are you? I'm just like this. Where are you going to? I'm just going to walk around. It's very dangerous. Because when God asked the devil, where are you from? I've just been walking about <laughs> here and there. So it means you must have some purpose in life. You must have some decisions that you are making. Now, that aside, the devil is standing before God. And then God asked him whether he has seen Job. And God was proud of this man Job. Have you seen? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the posture that God was taking. Have you seen my servant Job? Will God say that about you this morning? Have you seen my servant Kenneth in Muscat? Will God see your commitment to him and ask, be proud to ask the devil, have you seen my servant Kenneth in Muscat? Post that question to yourself. Is God going to be proud? Kenneth, you belong to the excellent men. You always go for prayers. Will God be proud and boast to the devil? Have you seen my excellent, excellent man, Kenneth, in Muscat? How he's managing his family? I find that a heavy question just to answer in one word. I want to reevaluate my commitment to God and see, is God proud of my commitment to Him? Is God proud my commitment to my salvation? Is God proud of my commitment to His service? I'm saying all this because ultimately we know Jesus Christ committed Himself to death on the cross so that you and I may go there to live with Him. Praise the Lord. We may never be lost. So we are borrowing from that commitment and relating it to our own circumstances now. As we reflect over Easter, let us see the question of commitment, the issue of commitment in the life of Christ towards you. And ask yourself, am I committed towards God? There was one man who the wife, you know, ladies are also very interesting. Sisters, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why are you scared? I don't want to trick you. I'm just greeting you. Praise the Lord. In one of our classes, I'm not going to say which group was there because now some people are very good in mathematics. They will fix, they will pinpoint 
the person who said this, in one of our classes, we were talking about these issues of commitment and uh, relationship in the family. And some sisters said, you know, we just want somebody to say, I love you. And uh, I remember listening to somebody preach and he said, there was a man who the wife had expected this. And he, he, one day he said, you know, when we married, I told you I love you. And if the status change, I will tell you otherwise. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Brothers, don't be so hard. It's just simple words. Just say that. <laughs> I know if you have the African culture, it's very strange. <laughs> if African men, if they want to tell people, they, oh, mama, oh, give me a cup of tea. <laughs> so when they tell you, no, they have said everything. In that tea, they have covered everything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need to reaffirm our commitment both to God to our family and to the church every time. And that's why Ruth was saying, your people, she was telling us, your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. Where you are buried, I will be buried. That's speaking to your soul. And that's why sometimes I used to pray some prayers and people would laugh sometimes. Why do you pray like this? My soul. Hear the Lord. My soul. You, my soul, Kenneth. I speak to myself in my prayer. Because I know once I've tackled my own question, it is very easy to relate to the other people. Praise the Lord. So it's important for you now to take yourself in a corner and begin. My commitment, am I really committed to God? Question yourself. Test yourself before the circumstances come to test you. Am I committed to this God? Am I committed to this wife? Am I committed to this husband? Test yourself. You will know. People may not know, but you will know whether you are genuine in your commitment or not. You know it. Praise the Lord. So we have all made marriage vows based on such commitments like those verses we have read. But is it true that we still hold on to those vows? Is it true that we still whisper to our wives and say, <laughs> Where you are buried, I will be buried. <laughs> Or you just tell her, okay, and when you die, look for a good coffin and bury you. <laughs> These things are serious. And they require you to reflect over them. We speak here in a light, light moment, but we need to reevaluate ourselves. Because before it is tested, before you, you learn to reaffirm this commitment, the evil times will come in, and before you know it, things are messed up. Because we failed to put tests to reaffirm these things in our lives. Somebody who backslides does not backslide instantly. Do you know that? You don't backslide because oh, it's not like knocking on this and falling down there. No. People who backslide, if they backslide today, go back two years. They started two years back. And he started building a little by a little, a little by a little, a little on top of the other. When it reaches this moment, in fact, you will see a very small thing is the one which now exposes it. Then you realize, oh, 
the foundation was not right. It was shaky. It had never been tested. If there is a bomb blast in this place, in this church, it will take engineers again to come and test to see that the, 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 the building is, is, is safe for us to use. We don't just sweep and paint it and then come in and, oh, hallelujah. They will tell us, no, wait, wait. Experts will come to test and see, oh, the, everything is still safe for people. Then we can come in. Those are the things that we need to allow God to mold in our lives. Buffers in our lives, in our salvation, in our relationship that will withstand those shocks. Japan is prone the geography people, it, it lies on the fault lines. Eh? So it, it, it is susceptible to earthquakes. So with the time, they have learned how to build their houses. Although, from a layman's point, I may not understand, but I hear if there is an earthquake, those buildings dance for a, a few minutes and then come back and stand. Because they are building mechanism to stand the shocks. Praise the Lord. And that's what we are talking about. If commitment is genuine, there are enough buffers, enough shock absorbers. When the testing time comes, you just, and then come back. Praise the Lord. And that's why we were talking about forgiveness the other time in the family. If there is no forgiveness, there is no enough shock absorbers in that family. It will collapse. Praise the Lord. And it doesn't matter what it is. It should be to the ultimate price that you are ready to do that. So learn to reaffirm your love. Learn to allow your commitment both to, to God, to the family, your spouse, the church, to undergo that finest test. And once you withstand the finest test, then you know now it is genuine. Learn your relationship, the commitment in your relationship with God, your commitment to your family, your commitment to the church. Learn to reaffirm that commitment time from time to time. That is why when people say there are prayers at 5.30 for men, excellent men, and that's the time you are really turning your blanket again, 360 degrees. Even if when your wife says it's time, you say, just a minute please. Yeah? No. Don't avoid those meetings. Let it not be your habit to avoid the gathering of bre- in the, uh, uh, among the brethren. Be part of it. Praise the Lord. I want us to look also at the anchors of commitment. Yes, we have talked about commitment, what it entails. But let us look at the anchors. What holds commitment together? One is obedience. Two, gratitude. Three, love. And four, expectations. The people who have anchored their commitment well, successfully in life, some of them have exhibited these aspects. The first example is Abraham. In 12, Genesis 12, verse 1 and verse 4, Abraham is just told, leave. Now, I know that many of us who, who are working on these things of immigration, Canada, Australia, I never hear somebody talking of Kenya, we can't come. 
Praise the Lord. Think about it. When people are going, think also to move in the other direction. Don't just move with people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is not easy. When you see this, I respect them really. In my heart, <laughs> that is an area that I need grace, abundant grace. Because for a man to take, to decide to move, it takes a lot of courage, organization, planning, and boldness, really. But I thank God for those who have been able. Actually, you seem to have inherited from Abraham. Because the man was just told, leave. And this man, unlike you, he never went to the bureaus. <laughs> he just organized himself and took off. Not knowing where he was going. At least these days, people plan ahead. They know I'm going to land here, I'll do A, B, C, D. So they're wiser. But in the part of faith, it is a bit low. Abraham just took off. That was obedience. At the highest level. And this, throughout Abraham's life, we see that it formed the basis of his relationship with God. It held them together, him and God. That is why God was referring to him as his friend. From that very first act of living without questioning, he became a friend of God. Praise the Lord. A commitment based on obedience. He just committed himself, his life, his family to God on the basis of God's instruction. Shall we do that in our lives, please? Are we able to sit down and just listen to God speaking to us and say, now I'm going to act on the basis of God's word, I'm going to act. I'm not talking about immigration only. I'm talking about every aspect in our lives. Are we able to sit down and say, God has said it. The circumstances don't seem to support what he has said. But because God has said, let me act on this. That begins to lay a foundation of good commitment in our lives with God. The second example, that of gratitude. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Why? Because we are committed. We are perplexed, but not in this. This other one I'm adding there, it's not in any version. Praise the Lord. What this version says is, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Then it puts an apostrophe there. And I'm saying, why is he saying this? Because he is committed to this cause. Praise the Lord. That is why he does not allow the circumstances to, to crush him. Then he goes further, he says, perplexed but not in despair. Why? Because he is committed. Persecuted but not abandoned. Why? Because he's committed. Struck down but not destroyed. Why? Because he's committed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Praise the Lord. 
So what we are saying, Paul looked back at what God had done to him, where he had brought him from, and he saw there was no reason for him to let God down. He had made a commitment to serve God, and looking back at his own history, that is why at one time he says, I am the least of all the apostles. Praise the Lord. He never valued himself highly because he looked at what he, his history. It was not any near these other people. And elsewhere he comes to say, it doesn't matter. Nobody will separate him from the love of God. Not angels, not demons, not trouble, not hardship is going to separate him from the love of God. Why? Because he's committed. He did not say those things are not going to come. He said, even if an angel came from heaven to convince him, he will not leave. Because he's committed. If demons came to create a situation in his life that was so difficult, he will not leave because he was committed to God. Praise the Lord. Similarly, even in our marriage, in our work on ch in church, let us make that resolve in our life. We are not going to leave. No matter what happens, we are not going to leave. Praise the Lord. That is why I respect those people who go for counseling sessions. And you are told, this is not right, this is not right, this is not... It is not good for people to tell you this is not right. You feel like they are really piercing at this age. But some of them are humble enough, they come and say, thank you. Thank you, God. And they come back. That is allowing your commitment to be tested to the very limit and emerging victorious. Praise the Lord. And God will be pleased with that kind of commitment. We need to be reflecting on what God has done in our lives, from where He has brought us, and that alone will strengthen our commitment. The third one we borrow from Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. And under Elisha, we see expectation, anchoring his commitment. Expectation, anchoring his commitment to the Lord. This man, when the mantle was laid on his shoulder... He knew something, God was about to do something in his life. And so he said, I will follow this man of God. I will remain committed to him until I hear what God has for me. And Elijah told Elisha, if you see me being taken out, then you will receive what you have requested. That expectation caused this man to hold family. And he decided, I'm not going to lose this man until I receive what I want. The Bible says they went to Gilgal. He was trying to persuade them to remain there. He refused. They went to Bethel. He said, yes, even if this is the house of the Lord, I'm not remaining here. I want something that you have. He was told, let's go then to Jericho. He went there. He refused to remain. And then he went to Jordan. 
Now, that was a turning point. The moment they crossed Jordan, he was now ready to receive. Because he was committed. Throughout the walking around with Elijah, he was reaffirming his commitment and saying, unless God does for me something, I will not leave him. He was remaining committed to the cause. The Bible says, when he saw Elijah, Elijah being taken up, that clock that remained, he took. And indeed, there was a double portion on his life. Praise the Lord. So when we remain expectant, expectant before God, in this commitment, God has got something in store for us. He has got something that He's going to bless us with. And as we come to the last point, maybe before we move there, it's good also for us to go back to the book of Ruth, chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4, verse 17. Let's look at it and see. The women living there said to Naomi, said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, and the father of David. Praise the Lord. Now, this is what I alluded to initially. Ruth did not have an idea of what was in store if she remained committed. But now it comes to be revealed here. Because out of Ruth, we have got Obed. And out of Obed, we have got Jesse. And out of Jesse, we have got... And what did God say about David? The scepter will not depart from... And then we have a dash, a long dash, and then we have Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so whenever you mention Jesus, Ruth is also mentioned in there. Why? Because she remained committed. You don't know what God has in store for you. But you'll only know it the moment you run away from Him. You realize you've lost it. And you've lost it big. I was sitting with a brother in the house the other day. And we were just trying to wonder. We were, the question we were asking is this. How do these people manage without Christ in the world? It looks a simple question. I want you, who is born again, to start thinking. What would you be doing if you did not have Christ in the circumstances that you are facing? It's total confusion. You don't have any direction. You don't know what you would do. So that's what we were pondering over. What do these people, how do they manage some of these things? Because some situations are so heavy, they're so difficult, they require only God to intervene. Praise the Lord. And that is why it is important for you to remain committed to God. In your salvation, remain committed to your spouse. Remain committed to your, the church activities. Praise the Lord. Finally, Love as part of the anchors of commitment. John 3.16, a verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not, but, praise the Lord. It was on the basis of this that Christ had to come and die on the cross. Praise the Lord. 
the anchor of love. He was holding us together under the anchor of love. It held his commitment. Even when it was the death on the cross, Jesus did not think otherwise. Because of the love, he carried us along up to that cross. And he said, forgive them, they know not what they do. I was among those who are caning Jesus Christ. You were among those who are mocking him on the cross. Because that is our generation. You are never there present, you are not there present, but you were of that nature. And that is why he said it is finished. Praise the Lord. This weekend we celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ. But again, we remind ourselves, it was his commitment to your salvation, his commitment to your life, that he came and died on the cross. Will you be committed to God in your life? Will you be committed to your family? Will you be committed to the church? Will you be committed to the brotherhood? Praise the Lord. That is the challenge that we have. May we stand up please. Let's stand up and bow down. I want you to start thinking about the events that occurred on Easter. How Christ was committed to your life. And how it has ended up being salvation unto you. As we continue to meditate on that word, the mystery behind commitment that makes it to deliver. Praise the Lord. We bless God for the heaven sent word this afternoon. Commitment is a decision with a destination in mind. Commitment is a decision with a destination in mind. Praise the Lord. Commitment is a function of sound understanding of what God is up and about. And understanding is the wellspring of life to him that has it. Good understanding will always bring favor. So at the root of every favor you seek in life is your commitment. Praise the Lord. Commitment shows where your heart is. How faithful you are to your cause. Commitment is the source of life. Amen. Your commitment is what empowers your senses to deliver in every given task. Men and brethren, we have no choice but to be committed to Jesus. Amen. Now, Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Because he was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said he will do. And he was committed to God. Whether Isaac came or not, this God will be my God. The same for Ruth, 
and the same for Jesus. I'd like us to take grace today. Lord, I receive grace to be committed to you and you alone. Are you praying? I receive grace to be committed to your cause. I receive grace to be committed to your ways. I receive grace to be committed to your work. Jesus, I understand the mystery behind commitment today. Release that grace upon my life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please, a couple of announcements. As we go, we are all going to go out through this door. Praise the Lord. Let's be fully committed to going out through this door. Amen. And let's be committed to holding family to our children. The crowd out there is also fully committed to make sure that things happen. So please, let's hold on to the children. These two doors, we are going to go out. And as we go out, let's make sure that we keep going home. Any form of greeting can be done at the car park or outside this compound. The crowd out there is heavy. They are committed to coming in to worship. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's not forget, on Sunday, 6 a.m., we have the Easter service. Let's come in to celebrate the Easter. Amen. Fasting and prayers start tomorrow. For the whole church, we are fasting and praying till, Saturday, till Monday for the victory night. And for the workers, we are fasting and praying until Thursday. Praise the Lord. The ushers have the prayer points that we normally package for the quarterly fasting. Please make sure you pick one before you go. Amen. Let's speak a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the word today. Thank you for your servant that you have used. We pray for him. Lord, that you will refill him up in the name of Jesus. And that you will bring greater and deeper truths through him to us in the days ahead. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. I pray for you. Today is Group Friday. From today, only good shall be found in your life. In the name of Jesus, I will say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. As you stay committed to Jesus, only goodness and mercy shall follow you. As we enter into the new month, I decree concerning you and your family, there shall be no loss. There shall be no loss. No evil report in your house. In the name of Jesus, go in peace and return with testimonies. In Jesus' precious name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Evangelism and glory.